Tim Pratt. I'm a science fiction fantasy writer and editor. I have been doing this since I was six years old. Very slow learning curve since I didn't start publishing until I was in my 20s. But I love science fiction, love fantasy. This is the first episode of a series with Hugo Award winning author Tim Pratt, science fiction fantasy writer and poet. Hey, Tim. Welcome to the show. Are you actually in Berkeley or that's that's what your Skype sort of mentioned? I am in Berkeley, California. Yeah. There were some other Tim Pratt's in, Tim Pratt's in the U.S. I didn't call them, so I'm glad I got the right guy. As far one as I in know. San Francisco. There's one in San Francisco <laughs> who I get emails for occasionally and vice versa. Who's also a writer, although not in the same genre I am, fortunately. So. <laughs> wow! Yeah, you can imagine fighting over the the, the shelving of the book uh, bookshelves at that point. That could be exciting. That's right. You know, you grew up in Dudley, North Carolina. Uh, wh- I did. What was that like? I mean, truthfully, I didn't even really grow up in Dudley. Dudley has a stoplight. Um, <laughs> I grew up in in Marmac, a little ways down the road, which I I think it was an unincorporated fire district. Um, <laughs> In terms of like being a town, it was really not so much a town. Like my mailbox was on a rural route, right? We had to walk half a mile just to check the mail. Lived on a dirt road. It was, I mean, I was in a residential area. Like I grew up in rural, but we were not farmers. My dad was a welder. My mom was, uh, did various things. And then I was in high school and she became an EMT. So it wasn't like I was out toting hay bales really, but you know, I was surrounded by I was surrounded by fields. I was surrounded by forests. Oh, you um, could see people toting hay bales. That's how it I, is. That, that I could. <laughs> tobacco bales. Yeah, I knew a lot of people who in the summer would do uh, work in the in the tobacco barns. I mostly did retail stuff for my 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 crappy teenage job. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, the the part that was most formative about it, apart from the food, which is what I miss in California, you can't get really good Southern food consistently in California. Um, but I grew up just running around in the woods, like most of my childhood wow. was spent outside. And, you know, I have a 14-year-old child that I'm raising here, and the kid is so urban, you know, like this is a child who can navigate mass transit which I don't think I was on a like a bus until, you know, apart from the school bus until I went to college, like a bus to take you places in town, right. unheard of. That wasn't a thing where I grew up. So wow. it, was, it was certainly a different world. So now did you grow up reading science fiction? I absolutely did. Yeah. My, my mom and dad are actually, were huge horror fans. So in our house, there was a ton you know, and it was the 80s and 90s, so it was there was a lot of Dean Koontz. There was a ton of Stephen King, who was the first grown-up writer I ever read. Carrie was the first adult novel I ever read as an eight-year-old in third grade. 
a lot of it kind of went over my head, I gotta say. There's a lot of things in Carrie that an eight-year-old boy is not necessarily going to understand what's going on, but I was there. Uh, but it was actually my great-grandmother who I spent summers with, who was a real science fiction and fantasy fan. And I would stay with her in the summers, you know, because my mom and dad worked, and she was uh, just Heinlein, Asimov, Clark, right? Like, she had all the greats, and she had, you know... Wow. She would kind of pick up anything, like anytime she was in the supermarket, right? She still had the spinner racks of paperbacks back then, right? She would go to flea markets, she would go to yard sales, and she would bring home science fiction and fantasy. And I read my way through all of all of the books that she had on the shelves over the course of a few years, and that was my real grounding in science fiction. And I remember going up to her and complaining, I, there's nothing to read. I read all the books, right? This is, uh, you know, after I'd been staying there for years. She's like, you could not have possibly read all of the books. I'm like, I did. I read all, well, I mean, I at least tried all of them. I didn't finish all of them. And she was like, no. And she took me into the into the spare bedroom, which had the bookshelves in it. And, uh, you know, it also had a bed. It had dressers. It had normal spare bedroom, guest room stuff. But she opened up the drawer of the dresser, which I'd never looked inside, and it was full of paperback books. Wow. All of the drawers, because she'd run out of room in the shelves, so she just shelved them in the drawers. So then I had another couple years of uh, of reading I could do. And this was your grandmother. It's my great grandmother, actually. Yeah. So she yeah. had a secret stash. All right, interesting. She did. Yeah. Were they racier in there in the drawer, or they, <laughs> no? I, it may have even been alphabetical, or actually, it was probably oh. just by time. She probably just put them on the shelf, and as they filled, she started moving on to other spaces. But that was my real education, like my real grounding in science fiction and fantasy. Oh, so we both share that. I grew up on a rural route as well. Mm-hmm. I did Buck Bales, so I I, grew, <laughs> I did. The, I was the guy across the street, not from right. not in Montana, however. So so much colder. So so I'm curious now. I was kind of a weird animal in my community. Was this usual for you? Did people other than your family read science fiction? I didn't know a lot of readers. I have to say, not really science fiction fans. I had one friend who was a science fiction fan, and we would talk about stuff. But for the most part, no. Like honestly, even up through college. In college, I met other people who were science fiction fans, but like, even my writing group in college was not a science fiction fantasy writing group. It was, you know, there was a playwright and there was a poet and there was a literary fiction writer and we were we were just writers like it was the best we could do, yeah. right? And we gave what feedback we could. It was really not until I went to the Clarion Workshop in 99 uh, after I graduated from college that I was like, all of these people have the same knowledge base that I do, right? They've been swimming in the same water and it was so refreshing. And I mean, that's been my life since then. I've been surrounded by people who <laughs> love science fiction ever since then. But it was definitely... Like, it wasn't like it is now. Like, now science fiction and fantasy are ascendant, right? That's what it is in mass media, and it's great. Like, we won. Everybody saw what we were talking about. They get the idea. <laughs> um, it was it was much more, you know, I don't, I don't want to act like I was, I was oppressed because I was a science fiction fan. You know, I was bullied for many other reasons. Science fiction was far down the list. <laughs> okay. But, uh, but certainly it was not like it is today. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I remember in grade school trying to get my friends to read some uh, science fiction. I remember, was it Buckaroo? No, no. I, I'm thinking of some Heinlein. There was a cowboy-esque. I don't think it was Heinlein, though, who wrote. <laughs> Buckaroo Banzai? Is that a cowboy science uh, fiction? Buckaroo Banzai, it was, it's a oh, movie. It's not, a, not really That's, cowboy-ish. Yeah, More rock it, and roll. Okay. That's the, my one success is, is I got one other kid to read science, something that I had read. And he actually mm-hmm. got into it because it's enough Western style science fiction that, that it worked for him for at least a couple of books. Yeah. My, my family weirdly had like a lot of stealth science fiction, fantasy horror fans. My, uh, my uncle Rick, who was actually my great uncle, gave me Tolkien when I was a kid. My aunt Bobby had, my aunt Barbara uh, had Clive Barker. She had the Books of Blood paperbacks, oh. right? And this is like a 
nice gray hair to get wow. it's actually my my great aunt my mom's aunt right older lady adult children but she's sitting there reading the books of blood and passed them on <laughs> to me when she was done so yeah wow okay yeah so and and they're all from this region is that right yeah it was all in north carolina i didn't uh, yeah that's my mom and I, my mom was a single mom for until I was about six and she married my stepdad. And we traveled around the South a lot, but we settled in North Carolina when I was about six. It's where I was born and we ended up back there. So that's pretty much like my memories. I have only a few memories from not being there. But yeah, then I was just there all through high school and I went to college in the mountains of North Carolina. So about five hours west. Okay. Wow. Okay, cool. Yeah. I sounds like uh, maybe, well, North Carolina might be more, how do I say, I don't know, urban, I suppose, than Montana. <laughs> yeah. Well, I suppose there we could get to a city yeah <laughs> yeah sci-fi thoughts wants to expand we want to grow from not just your podcast player but to spread to your co-workers, your family, and your friends. But I haven't got any friends. Why, you little... One, two, three... Oh, no, you don't. We know you've got friends who are, who are into the science, who are into science fiction. These are the people who are playing Halo and Stellaris and, and other space games instead of watching college football. There are the ones in the NASA t-shirts who are busy inventing something with their 3D printers. Email them a link to this podcast. Send them a social media request. Heck, even speak to them and tell them that you've enjoyed the show. The main point is to impress upon them how much you enjoy sci-fi thoughts. Tell them to go to the URL sci-fi thoughts.space. Don't keep sci-fi thoughts secret because keeping secrets from science fiction fans just isn't nice. Next episode, more Tim Pratt. Well, you know, you've written over 20 novels. You've won the Hugo Award for your short story, Impossible Dreams. And the, I'm not, I don't know if I can pronounce it right, the Riesling Award? Yep. Mm-hmm. The Riesling Award for a poem called Soul Searching. So you write science fiction, fantasy, and poetry. We'll yep. talk about the science fiction in a, in a moment. But for now, tell me about the poetry and fantasy. 